Let us worship God. First reading this morning is from Psalm 118, beginning with the first verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Holy One, we give you thanks for these ancient words and for the lives of those who have carried them down throughout the ages. We ask that you would open our hearts and minds this morning, that your fresh word might fall upon us this day. Amen. Oh, give thanks to God, for God is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say God's steadfast love endures forever. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I might enter through them and give thanks to God. This is the gate of God. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is God's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O God. O God, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. 
We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and God has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God. I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to God, for God is good, for God's steadfast love endures forever. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 21st chapter. Let us hear God's word for us this morning from these words. And imagine the tableau that was laid out for us. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the ground, on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Here ends our reading. During this time of Lent, we have been considering being known and unknown. How there are some among us, there is one among us who is unknown. This brings to mind all the levels of knowing that we have with the different people in our lives and the different people with whom we come in contact on a regular basis. Perhaps you, like me, have people in your life who you feel like they really know you, that they've seen you and they understand who you are. And perhaps on occasion, those people prove to you that maybe they don't know you as well as you thought they did. Perhaps there's a friend who's been your friend for quite a while who you have shared deeply with and who on some occasion has said something to you about who you are that you're like, wait a minute, why do you think that about me? That's not how I see myself. What have I done that makes you think that I'm that way? <laughs> or maybe there's a coworker who you have worked with for quite a while, day in and day out, and you've been right alongside each other working along, and they some, say something about you that you're like, hmm, that's not really my value, that's not really my job, that's not really who I am, and you're like kind of confounded as to why they would say that. They didn't know you as well as you thought they had known you. And how many of us have family members who have remembered who we were when we were small and Gosh, systems theories make it so that we are always that person to them. Yes, we cannot grow beyond that for some reason. They always see us in this one way, and you're like, I, well, maybe was that way at one point, but that's not really who I am now. They know us, and they don't know us. And we're guilty of that too, yes? 
We, on all those occasions, sometimes see our friends, see our coworkers, see our family members in ways that they don't really hold true for themselves either. We know, and yet we don't know. We are known, and yet we are unknown. We all have this basic desire to really be seen and to be known. And so when it is that we come upon those times when people we feel like should see us and should know us say something like that that makes us go, wait, who do you think I am? Why do you say that? Sometimes it cuts deep to the heart. That person was supposed to know us, was supposed to have seen us, was supposed to validate for us that part of ourselves that maybe we hadn't really shared with other people. So we go, well, that's a little disappointing, or maybe it's a lot disappointing. We have so many stories in our Gospels about the ways in which the disciples knew and didn't know Jesus. So many times where they are with him and they're like asking a question and Jesus goes, Oof, you really have not gotten it, have you? Yeah. You have been with me day in and day out. You have seen what I have been doing. You have heard the words that I've been speaking. And yet, you still don't really know who I am. And it all comes to a head on this day that we mark as Palm Sunday, where Jesus pulls it all together in this way of entering into Jerusalem. And Matthew's passage ends it all with this question. Who is this? The people of the crowds that are all around, the people in Jerusalem who are in turmoil because of all the, all the unrest that is there in the city, all of them are going, who is this? Jesus is surrounded by those disciples that had been with him day in and day out. Jesus is uh, surrounded by all those people who he had healed, who he had taught. Jesus is surrounded by just some random folks who are on their own pathway into Jerusalem for Passover, the common folk who are coming to be in the city at this time. They are pilgrims along with him. Maybe they've heard of him, maybe they haven't. Jesus is surrounded by all these people going, who's this guy and why is he sitting on a donkey? Some know, some don't. Most just kind of go along with it because who doesn't love a good parade? We do here in San Francisco. We do it all the time. How many of us have joined in a parade and gone, I don't really know what's happening, but I'll go along with it. It's just fun. So for those people who were gathered around Jesus at that time, thinking about that question, who is this? There were a multiplicity of answers. For the disciples, he was their rabbi, their teacher, their rabboni. For many, he was their healer, the one who had seen deeply into their need and had met it and said, you are beloved by God. For many, they saw him as the new David, the one who was going to come to help free them from the rule of the Romans the way that David had set them free so many years ago and had ruled for them and been God's person for them in this world. 
As the people enter into Jerusalem that day and throughout the coming week, that question, who is this, looms large. And how they answer that question makes all the difference. Will they lean into that understanding of Jesus as healer and welcomer and embodier of God's love, showing us a different way? Or will they lean, lean into that understanding of Jesus, the warrior king, who is coming to do a whole new world order, to set them free politically as well as religiously? How they answer that question affects all that they do. It affects how they understand the actions that Jesus goes through during this coming up week. Will they be amazed? Will they be happy at how Jesus acts? Will they be offended by what he does? Will they be disappointed by what he does? How they answer the question, who is this, determines how they're going to understand what it is that he's doing. They are confronted with this question again and again over the course of the Holy Week in intimate settings, in very public settings. They can't escape it. It keeps coming and asking them to answer it. And they are trying to make sense of who this person is in front of them. Some of them who have thought they knew Jesus pretty well, and yet they're saying, hmm, this doesn't quite match with what I thought. And we, along with the folks who are processing into Jerusalem are asked the same question. Who is this? Who do we say that Jesus is? We have the benefit of having a fuller picture than those who were wandering along with him on that road into Jerusalem. We have the full biblical witness that sees how the week, week's events play out and how the months and years and decades and, and years and years play out after that. We have thousands of years of interpretation that help us to, to see those events and know more about them and understand them in a way that those who were present on that day did not have. How does that inform how we answer the question, who is this? How does that affect our faith in this person? What about the tradition that we've been handed resonates with you and makes sense for you? What about it doesn't quite sit right and makes you question? What expectations do you bring to Jesus, thinking you know who Jesus is, and how have you been shown that your expectations are somewhat off? That you know Jesus, and yet you don't know Jesus. How are we confronted with that during the course of this week? Diana Butler Bass has a new book out called Freeing Jesus. 
In this book, she considers the tradition that she was handed from an evangelical upbringing and the ways that it resonated and didn't resonate for her, the ways that it created a crisis of faith for her that she had to work through, the ways that she has found new ways of understanding who Jesus is and answering this question, who is this in front of us? For her, throughout her life, her experience, as well as the teachings that she has received, have helped her to understand Jesus in a multiplicity of ways, much like those who are on the road with Jesus. For her, first and foremost, Jesus is a friend. Like those who were, we call disciples, they saw Jesus as their friend. Jesus was someone who walked alongside them, ate with them, and had just general life experience with them. Jesus was their friend, and Jesus was their teacher, as he is for Diana Butler Bass as well. So many have been taught and hear this word Jesus as Savior, and we're not quite sure what to do with that always, but there's something there that we're asked to explore. How is Jesus a Savior for us? And the word title Lord is also used, and that is one that she also lifts up for her as one that makes sense and resonates. So many times our biblical witness tells us that Jesus is the way, the one in whose path we are to follow. And the final way that she identifies Jesus as a, a presence for her is that presence, God's embodied love made real in our own lives. Who is this? Friend, teacher, savior, Lord, way, presence. What words do you use? What titles do you give? What does your experience help you to understand about this person, Jesus, and who Jesus is? This day is called Palm Sunday because people waved palms, laid them down, put down their cloaks to welcome this person, Jesus, who was known and unknown. There was so much possibility on that first Palm Sunday. So much energy in the city, so many things that could happen following this day. No one had been proved right or wrong yet about what they believed about who this person was. Those who wanted a warrior king, a new David, saw a kingly entrance. Now, it wasn't quite the kingly entrance they were expecting since it wasn't on a steed, but rather on a donkey. And there weren't all the like warrior men around him coming in triumphant, but yet, he did enter on a donkey, and he was given that kingly welcome. So for those who saw him as the new David, hope still existed that that could truly be who Jesus was. For those who saw Jesus as the embodiment of God's love, the humility with which Jesus took on that role shone through. 
there's hope there that while we can still lean into the power that we are given, we can do it in a way that is not power over, but rather power with. Everyone comes to this day seeing this person, seeing that there are many, many possibilities for how this can all unfold. So it's like a Rorschach test. What do you see? What are you putting onto this? Who are you saying that Jesus is? No one has been proved wrong yet. And so there's much joy and there is much hope. Everyone cheering and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Historically, the word Hosanna was a plea for help, for mercy. Come, help me. Come, be merciful to me. And by this time, it was also a, a word of praise. Praise to you in the highest, you who bring help and mercy. Those who were gathered around could feel that there was something in the air. Renewal was coming. Something was going to happen. They were hoping for political renewal. They were hoping for religious renewal. They were putting it all on this person who was coming in on this donkey. So we are invited in this time of Holy Week to put ourselves there with them. Join on that road into Jerusalem, waving palms, putting our cloaks down, seeing Jesus and wondering, who is this? Reliving that experience, remembering Jesus, feeling it within our bones, trying to be with those people to understand what they were seeing, how they were perceiving Jesus, how they were trying to make sense of all that was presented to them, to know who Jesus was, even in the midst of unknowing. And as we are in this place of being with them on that road to Jerusalem, we are being asked to re-examine our own understandings of Jesus. As we hear all the stories, who do we identify with? Who embodies how we understand who Jesus is? Who shows us what our faith looks like? Who is Jesus? How the people of that time answered that question made all the difference how we answer that question for ourselves today makes all the difference. Sit with that question as we go through this week. Amen.
As we continue now with the prayer chants, you are invited in the silence of your hearts to offer your prayers of intercession and supplication, those prayers for the world, for those you love, and for yourself to be given to God.
Let us pray. Holy One, you have fed us in word, in song, in silence, and in community. And for that, we give you our thanks and our praise. Amen. Go forth and hold space for possibility, for yourself and for those you meet, as you glimpse those parts known and unknown within and among us. May the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be love, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen.